Steelers by the Link Podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host, Cody. Cody, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? James, I am fantastic on this Monday evening, enjoying some free time. I did a lot of I did a lot of stuff around the house this weekend. I got stuff done. That's the benefit of the Steelers not being on TV is because I actually don't feel like not that I don't feel like watching football, but I'm just less I'm less into it if the Steelers aren't playing. Um, yeah. And unless I mean the Super Bowl, I'll be more into because it's the Super Bowl. This and that. Um, but I just don't care about these playoffs right now, quite frankly. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> Uh, I'm having fun watching them personally. Uh, a little bit of insight as, as to how things are going with these teams, and and I and specifically the AFC. I like watching these AFC yeah. games because I think it gives you a little bit of insight as to what Pittsburgh needs to be able to do to take the next step, right? Because these are the teams that you're going to need to be able to beat next year if yeah. you think you're going to get into the playoffs and make a push, and especially the Bengals oh, so. because they're in the division, so that's big. And the Bills don't look like they're going anywhere. Same with the Chiefs, you know, I mean, some some things are being said about Josh Allen in the playoffs these days. We'll see if those continue to be true or or change next season. But yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. with Diggs. Diggs d- didn't seem very happy with that game. But again, I don't blame him. Uh, but we're going to get right into Steelers news. Actually, first off, first off, first off, James, how are you? I forgot to ask. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Good. Today was a good day. So yeah, tell us about it real quick. You got yourself a uh, a new whip, right? A new to me vehicle, anyway. Yeah. You. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. yeah, yeah, used vehicle, but uh, yeah, getting into the four wheel drive category here. You're gonna need it. <laughs> You're gonna need it up there in Erie County. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how we haven't been murdered yet this year. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> it's because I left. It's because I left before the snow came. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Steelers news uh, that happened like I think like the next day after the last episode. Steelers did sign yeah. another guy to. Uh, one-year deal, not a futures contract, but a league minimum. Uh, wide receiver Anthony Miller, he's been on the team, been on the practice squad. We've talked about him before. Um, Anthony Miller is now on a one-year deal with Pittsburgh. And then they also announced an unfortunate news of Matt Canada uh, <laughs> returning through the 2023 season. Uh, so that's 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 great. Yeah, so as far as the Anthony Miller news, uh, it's a league minimum contract, so... Uh, nothing too crazy and there's absolutely nothing guaranteed in it. So if he doesn't make the team, it doesn't negatively impact next year's salary cap. Uh, as far as the Matt Canada news, I completely understand people who are not excited about him returning. Uh, it is that he was still under contract and Pittsburgh just has a habit of not terminating contracts, but I'm going to tell you some numbers to give you a little bit of perspective First half of the season before the bye versus the second half of the season and what the coaching unit as a whole group. It's not 100% Matt Canada, but he does get some credit for this turnaround. Um, first eight games, they averaged 15 points per game. Last nine, 20.9, so I averaged six points a game more. 73.9 passer rating in the first eight to an 83.9, so increased by 10 on the passer rating. rushing yards per game in the first eight, 146 per game. So 50 yards a game more rushing the ball in the second half. 14 turnovers in the first eight games, only five in the last nine games. So one third in less games. Uh, And then one of the most telling statistics uh, on third down, they were 33.6% conversion rate in the first eight games and that went all the way up to 54.3 in the second half uh, which was one of the better rankings in the nfl 
uh, in that time frame. Uh, so some definite improvements from the first eight games to the last nine. I'm not saying that, oh, my God, this is the best team ever, but that's some pretty solid improvements with the same guys. Uh, coaching absolutely gets some credit for that. Uh, also development of players, players getting used to each other a little bit more uh, offensive linemen getting used to each other. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line coach, Pat Myers. He got those guys blocking their behinds off in the run game in the second half of the season. And that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, but the sustained drives were there, not the finishing as much, but much more in the sustained drives, getting down the field and being able to at least get a field goal at the end of it, instead of getting nothing at all and just punting, uh, which is what we saw very, very heavily in the first eight games. Lots of, lots of punting with not even a field goal to show for the efforts. Uh, so it was a pretty decent step in the right direction. If they make the same step in that direction next season, now you're talking about 27, 28 points a game. That's the kind of scoring production that you can win most of your games with. 27 points a game would have won or tied all but one of the playoff games this week. Yeah. And probably most of the games over the regular season for Pittsburgh. Realistically, the defense held people to, to very low scoring production most of the games. I want to say there's probably only like two or three games that they let up more than 27 points. Well, you know, there's a way to find that out. Uh, I am going to say the this. Bills are going to be one of them and the Titans are going to be one of them. <laughs> I will say this. Um, I know, I know your excitement and your re reason for that. I will, I will give Matt Canada probably less than like probably around 30 to 40% of that credit. I think a lot of that had to do with the rushing yards had a lot to do with the offensive line, getting it together, which I don't think had to really involve Matt Canada necessarily. I think it also had to do with the, the introduction of Jalen Warren, who he just performed phenomenally well. And then I also think that the scoring just was a, you had a team that didn't exactly know who their quarterback was going to be bouncing back and forth between guys here and there with, going with Mitch Trubisky, then Mitch, or then going with um, Kenny Pickett, and then Kenny Pickett got hurt, and then Mitch was back, and then Kenny comes back. So there was a lot of just, they didn't have time to gel together and develop a chemistry. So I think a, a good portion of that was just the chemistry throughout the year developing as the team went on. But I will give Matt Canada some credit. His play calling improved a little bit towards the end of the year and i hope that it will improve moving forward i'm not completely against him in my opinion he just has to make a huge step in the right direction uh yeah. moving forward so but looking at this real quick uh outside of the preseason uh you're talking under 20 points or what are you looking uh 27 would 27 have won a game this season i want to say bills and titans stick out as games that it wouldn't have been enough 27 would not have been enough against the Browns in week three. All right. Would not have been enough against the Bills. Uh, would not have been enough against the Eagles. Would not have been enough against the That's Bengals. Fair. It was the Eagles I was thinking of because of uh, the wide receiver used to play for the yeah. Titans. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then the Bengals it. on the and second time around. So only four no, times. Bengals, Bengals the first time. Oh, yeah. And the Bengals the second time around. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you only lose like four or five games if you scored 27 points every time. Yep. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I think there's, there's reasons to be optimistic on how things 
um, developed over the season. I think some of that too is the development of Kenny Pickett as he went on. hundred uh, percent. One thing I that agree. was extremely frustrating in those first four games, five games that, that Mitchell Trubisky was in is that he was just not willing to throw the ball past the line of scrimmage, uh, especially on third down. It wasn't happening. He was always dumping. And the off only short. throws that they had that were, weren't like that were past the first down or excuse me, were past the line of scrimmage were all outs. They were all outs. Five or yeah. six yard out plays. There was almost nothing yards over them. the field on the sideline with nowhere for the receiver to go. It was either a perfect throw or it was incomplete. And there it was, was never a perfect throw. There was throw. nothing to the tight ends over the middle of the field. There were no getting screening or running back inside the middle of the field. There was no slants. There was none of that. Um, the majority of the first half of the season and with Mitch Trubisky in there, which, which again, I feel bad for Mitch because I felt like that was a play calling issue. I felt like they uh, and, didn't scheme players to be open in the middle of the field to give him those options. And to me, it was way more a Mitch issue than a play calling issue because he always threw to the shortest man in the route concept. And every time you got four or five guys out there and he never threw to anyone other than whoever was the shortest. It was like he was scared of getting picked off on every throw. And then when he finally opened it up later on in the season, we saw him throw three interceptions in one game. Uh, and you said, okay, well, this is probably why he was dumping it off all the time because yeah. he was terrified of doing exactly what he's doing right now. Yep. But we also talked about that back then, which he had he had something to lose, and then he had nothing to lose, and then so we saw. But again, yeah. I agree. So hopefully, hopefully that changes around next season and we can get those 27. 30. Listen, if we can average 30 points a game, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't think that's been yeah. done since the killer bees. And even then we may not have averaged over 30. I think we probably no. averaged 25, no, they 26. Got, there was one year with, um, Oh, what's his name? The, the coordinator that was from the chiefs, Todd Haley, Todd Haley. Uh, where they were like 28 and a half points a game or 29 points a game or something like that. Uh, but I think that was one of the the best offensive production years in a while. Yeah, uh, just not a thing. Not too many teams score thirty points a game. You know, you got to have a pretty highly productive offense for that to happen. True. Uh, but let's move on to other areas of the coaching staff. Uh, a lot of people have talked over the years of, you know, Mike Tomlin's been coaching the team for what fifteen years or more now, uh, mm-hmm. and they always try to criticize. Hey, where's his coaching tree? You know, where are the people that he has brought up that he's developed that have turned into head coaches or coordinators or something like that? And I think a lot of that is because he typically goes with veterans. You know, he's taking coordinators and and position coaches that have been in the league for a long time. Well, he finally has somebody on this this coaching tree. Uh, Defensive back coach Grady Brown, which... Hey, if you're the defensive backs coach this year, that's great on your resume, man, because they just led the league in interceptions with 20 of them. Um, That was tied with one other team we determined. Um, But fantastic. He is going to be the defensive coordinator at the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, They have gone with uh, mixing staff members from different teams uh, this season. So Grady Brown getting the opportunity to show what he's got in the Senior Bowl, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And at least – gives possibly a branch out from the Mike Tomlin tree finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, which that's great for him. That's exciting for him because it's going to show not only can he build uh, a team up, but he can build coaching staff up as well. Um, which is Mike's specialty too. He was a defensive backs coach himself. Yeah. Uh, and to go back to what you were saying, the last time Pittsburgh 
or the highest average Pittsburgh had recent in recent years was 2014, averaging 27.25 points per game. There you go. Yeah, and that was with Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Todd Haley era. Yeah. So, uh, and he was trying to get the 30 a game that that year too, and and that was that was a potent offense, and it was. still, yeah, not even 28 a game at that point. Nope. Uh, so quick up. Oh, you have something else to say, right? Yeah, yeah, the yes. Steelers did sign one more guy today, this being Monday again. Uh, wide receiver Dan Chisna, uh, he was signed to a futures contract. Uh, Dan came out in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, a former Penn State wide receiver, but he was a track star who only played football his senior year. Uh, played in 12 games, was a 4-3-40 guy, uh, and they say low 4-3s. Is what he was timed at six foot, 295 pounds. His experience in the NFL thus far is minimal, uh, but it is as a gunner and coverage guy uh, might be some returnability there as well. So this could be a guy that Pittsburgh's looking for uh, as a possible, like miles Boykin light kind of thing, uh, get him as a gunner. And if he gets down there fast enough, man, nobody's returning the ball. Cause he's already there. That's what we need. Um, mm-hmm. Some college football updates leading up to the draft. The East West Shrine Bowl is going to be Thursday, February 2nd. And then the Senior Bowl in a uh, change from most years is going to be the same weekend, Saturday, February 4th. So normally there's like a week in between at least um, yep. and no longer the case. So Yeah, Thursday game on a Saturday game, which is crazy. Uh, so We'll be giving you guys updates and things that we see from both of those games, players that we liked, uh, and try to get you uh, some some outtakes from that um, to maybe some possible prospects that Pittsburgh might be looking at. They always draft pretty heavily from these bowl games, yep. so uh, always something worth watching. Yeah, and then now uh, to end the show, again, short show, not a whole lot to talk about. James and I will be going over our top five um free agents next week we didn't have time to prepare for that this week so we're prepping for that next week keep an eye on that we're excited hopefully you guys can come in the comments of whether it's youtube or on facebook and share some free agents that you want pittsburgh to potentially go after um but let's talk about uh playoff i almost said fantasy football playoff football playoff football (laughs) is in full swing this we just had the divisional playoff round uh getting down the last eight teams to the last four before we go to the super bowl and it started off with Kansas City hosting Jacksonville. I'll tell you what, Jacksonville put up a way more of a fight than I expected them to. Yeah, yeah, they look like the real deal, man. I feel like this is going to be a playoff contending team for a little while, at least during the rookie contract of Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Uh, once he gets that big deal on his second contract, you got to figure uh, makes it a little more difficult to to manage the cap and everything. Uh, but if they're able to do so, if they can keep this nucleus together, this could be a playoff contender for years to come. Uh, you have to feel like part of this being as close as it was, was because of Patrick Mahomes going down with Correct. an ankle injury and then playing injured most of the game. It's going to be very interesting to see how healthy he is able to get for this AFC conference game. Seems to me like every year, uh, this comes around and he's he's hobbling around and can barely even uh, run out on the field. I remember the year that they played against the Browns. I had a lot of Browns fans telling me, oh, my God, we almost beat the Chiefs. We're so good. We're going to the Super Bowl next year. I'm like, dude, Mahomes could barely walk. Why don't you chill out a little bit on that talk? Um, but, yeah, it's 
I, I would say that that's not a good sign for them in the next round if Mahomes is not able to come back from that ankle injury because he's he really lives on being mobile and being able to extend plays and get out from the pocket and still throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So hopefully. And I say this mostly for football, not for the Bengals or not for the Chiefs, and and especially not again. I don't know, not against the Bengals, but hopefully he's healthy and ready to go next week against the Bengals, because uh, I want that to be a good game. Uh, and then next game that happened on Saturday, Philadelphia torched the Giants. Uh, not even close. Everyone was saying, "Oh, the Giants are going to upset." The Giants are going to upset. Uh, Philadelphia is back in full swing, in my opinion, of what they were in the middle of the year. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's scary, very scary. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone should be looking forward to playing them. I think Philadelphia uh, is the sure in for the Super Bowl, minus the fact that I think San Francisco behind a uh, irrelevant quarterback has a chance to pull off an upset if their defense can hold. Uh, that, yeah, that is the question. I think that I think San Fran is going to be able to put up points, but I don't know if they'll be able to keep up with how high powered philadelphia is so and i feel like just as important as it is that their defense plays well it's the offensive line for the 49ers too because this is like i think the only defense in nfl history to have four guys with 10 or more sacks in the same season on the same team four of them that's scary yeah and and one of them is not jordan davis (laughs) yeah like (laughs) the first round defensive tackle is not one of them what yeah, incredible production from this team as far as getting after the quarterback. Uh, and you have to feel like there's a pretty good chance of them rattling uh, Mr. Brock Purdy in the next round. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for him. Hopefully the Niners offensive line can hold up enough to make it an interesting game. Uh, but I fear it will not be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first game on Sunday, unfortunately, uh, the Buffalo Bills were not able to continue on the fight for DeMar. Uh, their offense just wasn't there today. Their offense didn't show up in, in most people's opinions. And um, Cincinnati just destroyed them 27 to 10. It wasn't close. They got to play in the snow. And James, you, you hit it on the head before we talked uh, or before we started recording the show. It was play calling. It was coaching like 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Deion Dawkins looked overmatched badly at left tackle. Trey Hendrickson just absolutely owned him all game long. Uh, You never saw the Bills adjust with getting a tight end out there to chip or a running back to help or anything really to help out Deion Dawkins, who just uh, started looking his age pretty early on in in the game. But as bad as that looked to me, it was worse on the Bills' defensive line. Yep. Uh, And how that that coaching staff didn't make an adjustment. One of the things that I'm most proud of with the Steelers coaching staff this season is how they adapted to things that were a weakness and said, Hey, we can't keep on marching the same thing out there and expecting them to magically play better than what they've been playing. Uh, And in those final two games against the Ravens and against the Browns, we saw them put some lineups out there that we've never even seen before. Nope. Three defensive linemen and, and four what was it? Three defensive linemen and five linebackers. Sometimes, sometimes it was four defensive linemen and four linebackers. They just went really, really heavy formation, almost goal line formation kind of stuff to stop these run heavy teams. And it worked. Buffalo didn't make any adjustment. Nope. And the worst part about it, their base defense is a four, three defense. So it's four defensive linemen, but their ends are kind of smallish. 
and one of their defensive tackles at Oliver is like 285 pounds, and these guys just got bullied all game long, man, and and by backup offensive linemen for the most part too. Yeah. So you, you got to be embarrassed for that defensive front and how they looked. Um, it made me second guess things on wanting Tremaine Edmonds too as a linebacker for the Steelers because he was getting washed over and over in that game too. Uh, and you, you know, you have to be able to stack and shed, you know, engage the offensive lineman, get rid of him, go make the tackle. If you're getting driven back 10, 15 yards, man, what, what is going on here? Yeah. Not a good look for them. And then the last game of the weekend was San Francisco hosting Dallas. Everyone, you know, it's the Dallas fans. They're all down here around me in Texas. Uh, and it's all, <laughs> it's our year. Here we go. We them boys. Uh, <laughs> negative, negative. Your boy Dak did not show up. Uh, your team kind of didn't show up. Let's be, let's be frank about it. 19. I mean, at one point I think it was nine to nine. It was just a game of field goals. Um, no, no, that was a missed extra point. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, it was, <laughs> no, wait, it was, was it blocked? Blocked, blocked, blocked. It was blocked. He didn't miss it per se. I mean, he missed it, but he missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone was like, we're not going to put that on him after he missed the four field goals or four extra points the week before. Um, yeah. And one the week before that. Yeah. So 19 to 12 was the final score. Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant, the first quarterback in NFL history drafted in the seventh round to start in the uh, in the championship game. So crazy statistic right there. Do you see he has as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott and Tony Romo combined? Yep. <laughs> That's a funny one. That's I a like great it. one. You want to know the other funny one? Um, <laughs> This Eagles is, fans are really going in on Facebook, man. Did you <laughs> see that stat line? Fans hard. Did you see that stat line? Jalen Hurts wasn't born the last time that the uh, <laughs> the Cowboys were in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. So Jalen Hurts had enough yeah. time to get be born, uh, grow up, learn football, go to school somewhere else, transfer to somewhere else, get drafted, and then become the guy he is today, leading his team to uh, the NFC Championship game. So yeah, and don't be confused. The Giants, like everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, the Giants weren't a great team, this and that. The Giants came together late in the year and Philadelphia manhandled them. Uh, I would be. They won a bunch of games in a row at the end of the year, didn't they? I want to say the Giants went on a real tear at the they end. They did. They went on a crazy tear at the end. Uh, so yeah. I tell you what, James, let's go ahead and let's let's predict our winners for this upcoming week so we can talk about it next week. I'm going to say that Kansas City is getting their revenge on Cincinnati. Kansas City is going to get the win uh, this week for AFC. Who do you got for AFC? Uh, and, and then AFC, you, can go, you can go right into NFC. I want to see Kansas City win this game. I really do. I got a sinking feeling the Bengals are going to win it. Uh, they seem to really have Kansas City's number, and I feel like one of the things that the Bengals do best is get after the quarterback and um, – if you're chasing Mahomes around and he's limping around, that's a really bad recipe for success for Kansas City. Uh, so as much as it pains me to say it, I think the Bengals will probably win the game uh, and I will be cheering against it very heavily. <laughs> I want the Bengals to win the game and I'm a Steelers fan. I just don't want them to win the yeah. Super Bowl, just to be clear. Yeah. So, All right, NFC, who do you want? Uh, NFC, I think it's an easy one if you're asking me. I think it's Eagles. Uh, I think they're just the better team all around. Uh, it's such a dominant defense. Uh, that has got to give a seventh-round rookie difficulty. I can't imagine he's going to be ready for all the looks and the insanely quick pressure that he's going to be going against. 
on a regular basis. They better have a very good game plan to even stay in this game. I'm all Eagles on this one. Yep, I, I'm with you on this one. It's kind of similar to with you in the AFC. I want to see San Francisco win. I think that would be fun. Uh, I, a good buddy of mine is a San Francisco fan, so I think it would be enjoyable to watch him get his team back to the Super Bowl. But I think Philadelphia is just going to be too much for them to handle. Uh, not on not on defense per se. I think that San Francisco and the offensive coordinator is going to come out with a great game plan to counteract the pressure that they're going to be able to do. Because let's be real, that's how you talked about it. Coaching is part of playoffs, and I think that's how they've made so it so huge. far. Um, so I think San Fran is going to keep this a game, but I just don't think that the defense will be able to keep up with Philadelphia's offense. AJ AJ Brown is just something else. Yeah. So um, I, I have, <laughs> yeah, I have Philadelphia. Yeah, we found that the hard way. <laughs> very hard, very what hard. That, what was that, three touchdowns that game? Ouch, man. And they were all like over 40 yards or something stupid. It was yeah. just insane. Um, he was just shrugging people off and outrunning people all game long. It was just tough to watch. It was bad. So again, uh, next week, James and I will be talking about the five, our top five, specifically or respectively, our top five uh, free agents we want Pittsburgh to target this offseason. We're not going to talk about it beforehand because we, if we have the same five, we have the same five. We'd want it to be gen, uh, genuine and who we actually think that Pittsburgh should go after. So we'll talk about that next week. And we can't thank you guys enough for being here. So remember, like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.